Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Eh. That's it. Eh. I was coaching. We had a national tournament the last two days, and uh used to winning or taking like third at the least, and uh we took sixth, and I'm eh, my standards are higher than that. And Minimal, minimal effort today. Yeah. So I'm, uh, eh. Oh, coach, coach JD is, uh, not, not happy with that. No, he's not actually. He's very unhappy <laughs> with that. Yeah. So how are you? How's, ah, how's dude, I'm sunshine? Doing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, nice and sunny outside. Um, so we, we had a catastrophe here at the Gilbert household. I know everybody's like, um, everything is perfect where I'm at right now because I'm in Hawaii. However, not so perfect when your air conditioner goes out. So um, we had to get uh, a portable air conditioning unit for my bedroom, for my daughter's bedroom, and for the downstairs. Um, so we had to get three different ones, which was kind of expensive. Uh, thankfully, the uh, the housing community lent us one for my daughter's room. So we we had to buy two. So um, so not not too bad. But I'm in the only room without air conditioning. So if I just start sweating profusely out of nowhere, it's because I'm I'm in the only room in the house without AC. Yeah, I'll try hard not to laugh at you. Um, <laughs> I'm glad things are going good or not. Well, whatever. I don't care. Um, <laughs> that I'm experiencing slight discomfort. Yeah, you're slightly discomforted. So there's <laughs> yeah. there's far greater sins in this world. So yeah, dude. Well, I I run hot all the time, so I I like to keep it at like. 67 68 degrees in the house yeah, me too uh, that's how i roll and so lately like it's been like 75 76 and then overnight it gets down to like 72 so that's what we've been experiencing since sunday so that's how our life is going here that sounds just awful man just <laughs> absolutely awful i don't know how you're doing it yeah. yeah i don't know well it makes it better because today for work i got to go to the beach for my job so we uh we we teamed up with the navy today to go out to the the one one of the beaches on base and uh, we're on the air force side so where i'm at is joint base pearl harbor hickam right and so uh, and navy kind of owns the whole thing so if you ever watched ncis hawaii um that's where we're at right now and so uh, navy runs the whole thing but um we we do some of the water stuff out here and so to make sure that our beaches are safe um my team has been tasked to go out and swim out into the ocean about 25 feet in and take water samples to make sure there's no bacteria um, because there's a wastewater treatment plant down the road so that's part part of what our gig is so like i literally have to go to the beach uh once or twice a month for my job which is pretty cool I just learned that there was an NCIS Hawaii. So we we started watching it once I got orders here, and like they actually film it here. And so I looked, I went and looked online to see when they're uh, looking for extras because I'm totally doing that. I want to be, I want to be dead guy number seven on one of the episodes. You know, you actually get um, taken care of if you get like a featured extra role. I believe if you're a featured ex extra, you are SAG eligible. So that's always oh. good to know. Um, I did, like I said, I didn't know. I just hope they shoot it in Hawaii. You don't want to shoot NCS Hawaii in like Utah. Well, you you know how it is. Like sometimes they'll shoot up in Canada and they'll say they're in LA or something. Not on the, like that. Not <laughs> the beach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they have beaches in Canada. I'm sure there's some there's beaches everywhere, but I mean Canada isn't <laughs> known for their lovely beaches. I'm sure Paul or someone is first Canadian that popped into my head will come yeah. Josiah will come and correct me about the wonderful beaches that are in Canada. <laughs> we have well, beaches in Chicago too. They ain't nothing to write home about. 
<laughs> well, speaking of Josiah, uh, I want to give a special shout out to our buddy Josiah, uh, Josiah McDonald uh, from uh, the Wrestling Observer team. He's also on Daily DDT, and he uh, he helped out last week. He filled in for JD while JD was on the road, and he did a great job. Um, our, our Canadian buddy, our Canadian pastor friend. Hey, I did so good last week. I didn't say a single cuss word. Well, God I, I really think I should be commended for that because, as you guys know, I'm not very intelligent. So my vocabulary is not the best, so I have to curse in order for me to make a point sometimes. There's studies done that say smart people swear more, but that might also just be social media bullshit. So, Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Josiah. I was stuck in a hotel with a bunch of 16-year-olds last week, so I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, well, hey, you know, this week we we had, a I, I thought, a, a pretty solid episode this yeah. week. Um the the main event was awesome. I absolutely loved the main event. I I couldn't have been happier with that main event. Um, but uh, what you know before we get into it, what what did you think of the overall show this yeah, week? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. The whole there's some things that I think are you know um, emblematic of this show, things that I like and things that I hate. But for the most part, I was really entertained. Yeah, yeah. Some some hokey stuff. Um, speaking of hokey, uh, decay. Black Taurus and Crazy Steve defeated Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice on the BTI pre-show. And that was talking BTI. So there you go. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for talking BTI with us. I don't hate that actually for a BTI this week. Like I I don't I'm not gonna watch it, but I don't hate it. Right. I, I think on BTI, not that it'll get me to start watching, but it'll I think it'll get me to pay a little bit more attention to it if they feature like some feature performers every week just squashing dudes. I think that would be cool. Like, you know, you know, WCW Worldwide back in the day or something like that. Worldwide was fun at times. You yeah. know, it wasn't a perfect show, but it was a lot of fun from week to week. I, I just think that it, it's not a good idea to feature it right before Impact starts because I'm already going into two hours of wrestling. I don't want thirty, you know, get to it like thirty minutes ahead of time. You know what I mean? So you think they should not play before the Impact? Before the Impact? I don't think they should have before the Impact the show. I think they should just if Fair. they wanted to do like something like you know like AEW Dark or you know they used to have Explosion back in the day. They should just bring Explosion back and just do you know do some squash matches and then like maybe one feature match a week. You know. I don't hate it. I don't hate that idea. I don't I don't know if I'd watch it anyway, but you know, it's I'm never gonna watch BTI unless they do it, unless they sucker me into another Iron Man match or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um so the uh, the opening video, oh I gotta say, um I did you watch did you get a chance to watch last week? I know you were on the road, but no. um every week it. they've been doing a classic classic um TNA like old school intros. And so this week uh, they yes. did the cross the line song. That was they cool. Did. They did. We've been calling for the end of uh, – oh, God, we made fun of for so long. I can't remember. We, we, we own the night. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, what? What year is this? When I checked – because I was kind of half paying attention when I turned the show. Oh, hello. Hey, we got an intruder. Hey, yeah. Astro the dog wants to make an appearance on the show. He, knows he just got done now. licking his butthole, and he gave you a kiss right in the mouth. Yes, he did. You know, if you're a pet owner, if you haven't been French kissed by dog ass tongue, what are you even alive? Like, are you even are you even are you even a good pet owner? If yeah, do you even your own dog's butt? Do you even own a pet if you haven't tasted dog ass inadvertently at least once? Yeah. Oh. What are we talking about on this show again? Oh, yeah. ta- ta- talking about the cross the line, and that, you know, oh, was that like the 0607? Was that when that, that was? Oh eight, oh eight. Yeah, okay. they they actually tweeted it. They said we were using the 2008 um, intro this week. Um, tweet. Yeah, so they 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 used it, and much to my dismay, they kept in like I don't know why I hated it so much back in the day, but I still hate it to this day. When the lead singer 
he like breaks down in his kids like it was oh, kind of like God. new metal rap yeah, so bad and he starts to do his <laughs> rap and he goes and i'll be doing my thing and he touches his chest i always hated that they like they didn't just they showed that part him doing that it was like him trying to be so cool uh he's trying to he's dressing like chester bennington but nobody cares about him you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he and then he's like dude, touching his chest saying i'll be doing my thing and i'm just like i always hated the part of the song hated the part of the video where they always zoomed in on him and every week on impact they they kept that in and then this week they they would have had per tradition and kept in the part of the video and part of the song that i hated well they had to yeah. Right. If you're gonna go with the full gimmick, you gotta you gotta commit to the full gimmick. <laughs> but I, I concur with you. I uh I was not watching as much impact in 08, and this might have been a good reason why, because I was immediately like, Oh my god, do I hate this intro song? <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. The, the only part of the song I hate is that part. The rest of it is it's it's fine for a wrestling song, you know. <sighs> I guess, especially because in the era what is that when we had Nickelback doing WWE? Was that what it was at the time? It was, yeah, it was probably Nickelback or Rev Theory or somebody like that. Eh, it's all shitty. Yeah. I think we're, I think, actually think we're in a better place now with music on wrestling shows, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, the, odds, the odds were just, just awful. Yes, yes. Uh, very, very, very bad. Uh, speaking of very, very, very bad, the first match. <laughs> good start. Good segue. <laughs> good segue. Really good segue. <laughs> Rosemary uh, defeated uh, Tennille Dashwood. It wasn't that bad. It, I, it just wasn't, wasn't that very good. good. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 wasn't very good. Um, pretty pretty clunky. Um, they you know they couldn't have less chemistry in in the in the match. And then after the match, so Rosemary wins, beats Tennille, right? And then after the match, the influence began to lay the beat down on Rosemary before she was saved by a familiar face in Taya Valkyrie. Valkyrie cleared the ring and it became a stare down between the two former best friends. What they left out of this is how long it took Taya to get down there to the ring. Um, oh, she was my moving, God. moving like molasses. I don't know if her boots were just too damn big, but she was like the slowest. Something was too damn big. And was... I think she was having trouble holding on to him. <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> that was, it was like Jeff Hardy waiting to dance to his dance before coming out to save his brother from certain death. Yeah. But Taya was just moving through sludge, trying to get to the ring. Yeah, and then and then she shows up in the ring, and I don't know if she knows that she has two hands and can throw punches from either arm, but she just kept throwing the same slow punch with the same arm, and they just kept running into it. It was like you know, it was like Bill Watts in 1983 when Midnight Express was just, just bumping left and right down. Yeah. Just without the heat, nowhere near that good though. Nowhere yeah. near that good. Like that's, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like disappointed. You, I get the comparison, but that's a terrible comparison. I, so yeah, Bill Bill Watts uh, and Junkyard Dog versus the Midnight Express was incredibly you, over and had tons You of heat. just compared <laughs> Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood to the Midnight Express. That's not exactly what I wow. was doing, but and Taya's. I don't know. The thing that Taya's Bill Watts is hilarious to me, and I'll, I'll let it go. But that one, the influence in the Midnight Express, Jim Cornette's <laughs> sifting in his grave, and he's not even dead yet. Yeah. Hey, oh. JD, can I ask you a question? Please. So, so you set up the stream yard this week, right? I did. What did I do wrong? I, I don't think you did anything wrong, but I think we're live on YouTube right now. How is that possible? I don't even know how to do that. You put us live on YouTube. We're we're live on YouTube. I'm going to tweet this out. Okay. Uh, I literally just found out because I got a notification on my phone 
from Fight Game Media saying, we're live, pal. We're live on YouTube. We are? Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's just roll with it. Sorry, Garrett. Garrett Garrett's again. asleep. Yeah, Garrett's watching basketball anyway, so we're, we'll just okay, make up our own rules. We're lying. <laughs> One day I'll learn how to get this thing right, and <laughs> things will go better. Uh, here, talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to tweet this out because now that we're tweet. live, we might as well invite people. Yeah, hey, we're here. So I guess saying this segment was terrible and was every, what part of what I hate. I like Rosemary in theory, but everything she does in the show makes me go, ugh. Yeah, right? it just and I I don't dislike her as a talent. I think she's good. I think she's underrated. I, I, actually, like I they really like, like Rosemary. Yeah, they really acted, when she when she won today, they acted like it was this gigantic upset, and I'm like, what? Rosemary's fine. Like I don't. It's just everything surrounding it. I hate all of it. And I'm wasting time waiting for Mike to get done tweeting. Sorry, this sorry. This inadvertent broadcast that we're running. Yeah, I thought we were <laughs> recording. Yeah, feel uh, feel free to tweet uh, tweet amongst yourself, JD. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're definitely live, and I just found out that we're live, and I think we've been live for exactly thirteen minutes. So, um, awesome. yep. next we saw a promo featuring the Good Brothers in Sandy Fork, Delaware, at the chicken farm of the Briscoes. Uh, I I gotta say, I'm typically not into stuff like this. I like loved this uh it's very entertaining uh gallows anderson uh running down the farm until papa briscoe showed up well okay so they rolled up on papa briscoe so papa briscoe didn't just show up out of nowhere he happened to be working on the farm um and they they confronted papa briscoe and uh, papa briscoe said something that you, you would typically hear like uh whenever i lived in missouri whenever you were about to confront somebody like they literally would say this well, you boy, you better pack a lunch. And Papa Briscoe said that, to, and that popped me big time. So that that was pretty funny. Um, and then, of course, uh, the Briscoe showed up uh, with uh, Jay Briscoe on the back of a pickup truck carrying a big old pole and swung it at them. And they had a big old fight there on the on the chicken farm. Uh, really fun segment. Good stuff here between these guys. And uh, I'm actually now looking much forward to their match at Slamversary. That's right. Jay Briscoe swung his big old pole at the Good Brothers. <laughs> yeah. He sure this, did. This segment ruled. Like this is <laughs> this is unique. This is like the good stuff of Impact. This reminded me of like the the glory days of Matt and Jeff Hardy, right? Yeah. The stuff uh, on the farm. I I quite enjoyed this. I thought it was re- great. Reminded me of gorgeous Jimmy Garvin at the Von Erichs farm, huh? Very this accurate. Eighties baby. Very Let's accurate too. Like this was uh. <laughs> This was fun, and and the Good Brothers interact. I'm not sure if that was Mark or Jay's young child that they were working over, but when uh, when old Carl picked up the kid and kicked over his big wheel, I could not stop. I could not stop laughing. Like yeah, and there, there was another. There's another good line that had me cracking up. They were in the the chicken stables, and he goes, "Oh man, this place smells like a Tama Tonga match," <laughs> and that, that, that popped me too. So that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they're hilarious. Like I, I, yeah, I cannot say enough good stuff about this uh, this segment in particular. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I was not very excited for Good Brothers versus Briscoes. I think it's just because, like, you know, I booked something else in my head, and that was the Briscoes versus the Motor City Machine Guns for Slammiversary. Uh, you know, I wanted the the greatest team in Ring of Honor history versus the greatest team, arguably in Impact history, to collide at the 20th anniversary. I I didn't get that, so I uh, was disappointed with the matchmaking at first. But I think it's going to be a great match. So it'll be it'll be fine. It'll work out. They got the guns yeah. doing this uh, doing this um, ten man. Which boy, I don't like where this is going. 
I, you know what? I disagree, and we'll 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 get more to that. Uh, okay, coming up, um, we'll we'll brace for debate. Uh, backstage, we saw Jim Miller with Heath uh, Miller, who's asking Heath, and I think Heath's real last name is Miller, so that confused me for a second. Miller asked Miller about uh, Rhino, and Heath uh, stated that Rhino is scheduled for surgery, and it could be months before he's back. And Heath then stated that he's going after Honor No More. Uh, before Slammiversary on his own. So he was foreshadowing his attack there. What do you think of old Heath here in this segment? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I mean, like it's, I don't know what to say. I mean, like I, I'm not a Heath fan. I don't find him to be an interesting character and no matter what company yeah. he's in. I just, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Didn't, didn't do much for me. I think they were trying to position, position him as kind of a badass, and it just, that didn't work for me. So, um, more, more on that later. Um, so, this next match, I think we got a graphic for this next match. If you want to cue it up, uh, JD, it's a Steve Macklin and PCO, and my God, was this match insane! This was complete madness, total mayhem from Mister Mayhem, Steve Macklin himself, and uh, PCO is a is a monster man. This guy is a a wild man. So JD, you were off last week. What do you think of PCO's entrance theme song and his whole entrance, the 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 French Canadian Frankenstein? What do you think of that? It's PCO. It's PCO and Impact. So I can't. What what else could I expect? But the straight up Frankenstein stuff. No, it's fine. The only thing I'm missing yeah. from the act is that D Destro. You know, I think that if he was with this, it would uh, it would complete the gimmick over here. It's fine. Right. I, I I quite enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it, and um, this was just insane action from the very beginning. Um, both men were looking to gain the advantage. PCO was able to capitalize first, nailing Macklin with a clothesline over the top rope, followed by a suicide dive, and then a cannonball to the uh, outside, busting open his lips. So his cannonball, his feet got caught on the ropes, and he landed right on his face. And I think at that point, that's where he dislocated his collarbone. Um, I I that that was just incredible. Really, really insane. And then he followed up with a PCO assault, but um, Macklin was able to get up in time and nailed PCO with a suicide dive of his own, followed by a massive spine buster onto the entrance ramp. Um, and then Macklin sent a bloodied PCO to the ring post, and then back inside the ring, PCO nailed a clothesline before he headed up to the top rope once again. Macklin caught him and nailed a superplex on PCO for only a two count, and this superplex was very good. It was a very cool spot, man. Um, I, I jumped out of my seat with that one. And then uh, as Macklin wondered what was next, PCO was back on his feet and hit Macklin with another clothesline before landing a running cannonball and then nailed a de-animator, which was insane. And if it wasn't enough for PCO, he looked to hit another running cannonball on the outside. And Macklin moved in time, and PCO landed hard in the ring steps. Macklin followed it up with a crosshair. So this was he, – he put him in the tree of woe on the guardrail and then ran down and hit him with the crosshairs, and that was sick. Just a crazy spot right there. Um, Macklin refused to toss PCO back to the ring and trap PCO's right shoulder between the ring steps uh, before charging the steps, dislocating PCO's shoulder. PCO refused medical treatment, uh, and he takes off his, his top, and you can see that his collarbone is dislocated. Um, and then before Macklin could celebrate any sort of uh, – oh, so Macklin nailed PCO with a DDT onto a chair to score the victory over a very bloody PCO. Just an insane, crazy match. I loved this match. What did you think? Just ruled. I think I, I messaged yeah. you in the middle of the match. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I uh, I could not – I could not believe how crazy this was. And just the visual of the blood pouring out of PCO's mouth. It was 
it was fantastic. I mean, it's so fitting for the character too. And then at the end, like I'm not sure if he's one of these dudes, if PCO specifically is one of these dudes that can dislocate his elbow or sorry, his uh, shoulder or if something actually happened and he was just working through it. I mean, or what, like whatever it was, it was great. Yeah. They they made it a, they made it a focal point of the match. They kept zooming in on it and uh, PCO kept showing it off. It made me think that this was like a detective rigs from lethal weapon. That's what I thought too. That's what what I I thought too. Yeah. What he's Whatever it was, it was one of the gnarliest things I've ever seen in a wrestling match because it was it's his bone. It's his shoulder bone just sticking up. I mean, like the visual is incredible. Like, oh, man. I, and I, I bit I bit, too. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. man, PCO's hurt. This is bad. Yeah. And then he's beating up the security guards. And I'm like, oh, this is this is <laughs> yeah. great. This yeah, is it, is it was definitely a part of the match because the security guards were clearly local wrestlers. Right. Mm-hmm. They were. <laughs> it was just and the, I can't all the crazy spots, the cannonballs, the, like I said, the out the tree woe to the uh, barricade. Like this was just crazy. I, I just I loved it, man. It, I PCO is such a perfect fit in this company, and boy, Macklin has turned out to be one of the better brawl under. Macklin is one of the better underrated brawlers in the world, to be honest with you. I I think he is primed and ready for that main event spot. I think him and Josh Alexander need to headline. Uh, may, maybe not Bound for Glory, but may, you know one of the monthly specials. I I think I think it has to happen this year. Um, He's completely ready, and this was just another step in that direction for him. No, I agree, and we're going to need someone after this Eric Eric Young feud is over with, and I would like to see some new blood introduced in the main event scene. So I think Macklin is perfect. I wish we'd have built him stronger coming up, but I think this can uh, if we go over PC, he went over PCO strong tonight. If we can continue this, because I assume the feud isn't dead as of yet, because yeah. nothing is dead with PCO. That's the gimmick. That's so it. I just uh, I hope we keep Macklin looking strong because I do think the guy's got something. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, before Macklin could celebrate any sort of victory, um, and down and out, PCO grabbed his leg and proved he wasn't human, so he came back. And then we went to the flashback moment of the week uh, featuring Samoa Joe retaining the heavyweight championship at Slammiversary 6. I think this was in 2008, Eight. I want to say. Yeah, 2008. Eight. So to go, there you to go. Co- to coincide with the show. Hey, Kevin Nash moved pretty quick and didn't blow out a, a quad. That was pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, kudos to Kevin Nash for not getting hurt for once. So and there you go. Eight years was that like thirteen years ago, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, then we go backstage. Uh, Prazo was being called out by Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans. Steeles and Evans stated that Prazo needed their help. As Prazo stated, she didn't need it while uh, telling Steeles that she had something that belonged to her. And as, as Steeles and Evans walked away, Chelsea Green came to the side of Prazo, and uh, she's trying to form an alliance there with her old friend uh, Diana Prazo. So Chelsea Green kind of working Prazo here. Uh, as we head into this uh, Queen of the Mountain match at Slammiversary. Chelsea Green, the master manipulator, the grand chess player that we all know that she is. <laughs> yeah. Pulling the strings. Chelsea Green, I don't know. It's whatever. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's whatever. What do you uh, think of the King of the Mountain, King slash Queen of the Mountain match? Um, So I... I, I thought that they needed to bring back the King of the Mountain for the 20th anniversary special, not because it's a good match, but because it's a spectacle that a lot of people, especially the TNA hardcores, and this 
this show is very much geared to yeah. the 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 few TNA hardcores that are left, right? And so I felt like it was necessary to bring back the match, and they've never done it with women before, so I like that idea. I'm curious to see what they come up with uh, with the match. I always felt like that the King of the Mountain was just a convoluted mess. I think, uh, you know, out of all of them, there might have been maybe one or two that I actually thought were pretty good matches, but the rest of them were just like way over the top, overdone. You know, Memphis meets Vince Russo meets whatever well yeah which is what it was that's tna like yeah which was tna for a long time so um i you know jeff jarrett just did a podcast on the very first king of the the mountain match and i remember that one being pretty good and then there was another one oh god in like the mid 2000s that i thought was pretty good other than that i always thought they were a convoluted mess did you enjoy the one we watched today the uh the 2008 king of the mountain match you know what? Um, I I I think I think that's probably the one that I enjoyed. You know, it's I never saw that one. You, I'm asking, uh... you know, that's it's probably that one because I was such a Samoa Joe fan, and the fact that he won helped me enjoy the match more. Um, but they were all they were all uh, a big a big time mess. Yeah, it seems like a clusterfuck. The idea of I just the idea of climbing the ladder to put the belt back on is. I don't know. What am I going to say about the King of the Mountain match that hasn't already been said? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, official Lil Silver from YouTube, because we're accidentally live on YouTube, folks. Uh, he said the 2008 King of the Mountain match was really good. He's popping in the comments. So I'll take thanks thank for, you. Thanks for watching. We, thank, we you for, a- <laughs> thank you for watching our inadvertent broadcast tonight. And I will make time to watch the King of the Mountain match just because you said that. Yeah, yeah, he said he said it was very good, and uh, I think I remember it being really good. So Garrett, Garrett's gonna kill me. So let's yeah. keep having fun. <laughs> this could be our last episode. We're getting fired it's for possible. accidentally going live on YouTube. Possible. One of the five needs another crew. Um. <laughs> so we, we go to the next match. We got uh, Big Joe Doring, who in fact has not been pinned or submitted in two years since he has been in Impact, which I think I don't know how they've gotten away from actually pinning this guy and. Uh, that that trended that trend continued this week as he uh, defeated the world heavyweight champion by disqualification. It was kind of a chicken shit DQ. Um, but um, you know, before you know, without getting into the full play by play, what did you think of this match? And then what do you think of the finish here with uh, with Alexander getting uh, DQ'd? Well, it's not terribly hard to not pin Joe Doring. We got to think about it. he didn't wrestle a lot of matches for the good first year he was in the company. Yeah. Right, he spent a good chunk. Like he, if you ever watched his stuff from all Japan, it was it was really good. And yeah. he spent a good chunk of the, the remainder of his career kind of beat up, but he's just feeling good within the last year. So I kind of get that. And plus, you know, Diener's right there. Right, that's Diener's yep. job in the team. He takes all the pins, so I, I get it. But that's why this is good because you got a big monster yeah. you've protected for two years, and this is <laughs> uh, it is you got this is yeah. it's amazing when you have these giant monsters that you can protect and you can say hasn't been beaten in two years you can go wow there's something here yeah it's incredible when you actually stick to the format of pro wrestling and speaking of sticking to the format of pro wrestling this was a 1989 wwf house show finish yes yes they they did the quick dq so i i thought the match was good and i have been looking forward to these guys getting in the ring for a long time um so i i I am disappointed with the finish because it was a DQ. But what I, I think, um, what did get me excited about it is I think they might be leading to another match between these two guys. I, I think eventually we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Doring and we're gonna get um, 
Josh Alexander in one of these Impact Plus specials, maybe even uh, in center stage coming up at Atlanta here pretty soon on uh, on uh, July 1st. So that's why I wasn't too bothered by it. I'm like, okay, maybe they're gonna we're going to get this match eventually. But overall, I did like the match, even though I was disappointed with the finish. Yeah, it was, the match was fine. I just think they yeah. have really good chemistry. I'd like to see like a real legit match between the two of them. Joe Doring's cross body, running cross body is fantastic. Like there's good yeah. stuff here. Yeah, yeah, he, he looked really good, and he, he can come way across. So uh, for those, for the few people that are watching on uh, on YouTube, JD's dog has uh, infiltrated the show this my week. My dog just pulled one of my <laughs> books, one of my books, oh, off gosh. the shelf and chewed it up. Oh, so, no. This is what the fun you have of having a puppy, and your wife says, well, you have to take care of him at night while I'm sleeping. Yeah. So, lucky me. <laughs> well, we we still we still love the puppy, even though he he feels like JD's shoes and his books are delicious. So he ate my wife's shoes too the other day. It was we're on oh, a. Boy. It's quite. We have you know you got a puppy. These are the things that happen. Yeah, I, you know I didn't post it on social media, but my dog has got a cone of shame right now because she just had surgery. She had a tumor removed from her stomach. Ooh. So yeah, she's downstairs. She's a little bit passed out. And uh, uh, so we our laundry room is like the size of most human beings' bedrooms, and so we. Um, uh, we had to put her in there like on the cones so that way she doesn't open up her stitches and she's got a whole area down there. So Poor that's where she's at right now or else Poor she'd be up here bothering me this week too. No. Sorry for the dog shenanigans. Let's continue. <laughs> it's, it's all good. We're not used to being live. So this stuff, <laughs> we get, typically we're going to edit this out, but we're live pal. No, he's um, house. Well, we uh, a little silver. No, he is housebroken. He was great about that. He just chews on everything. Yeah. So we go backstage. Jim Miller's with, was with Moose. Uh, Moose stated he wasn't afraid of Callahan. And then the lights started flickering. Uh, I guess they need to pay the electric bill there. Uh, Moose stated he was going to find Callahan and put an end to this. And then uh, that was whatever. But uh, highlights were then shown of Ace Austin officially joining the Bullet Club on the final night of the best of the Super Junior 29. Um, so this news broke just after we got off the air last week with me and Josiah. So we didn't actually get to cover it last week. So we'll just talk about it now, man. What do you think of uh, Ace Austin joining the Bullet Club? It's a good pick. It's a good move. Um, it's weird that they got another. They're adding another junior to the stable, but sure. I mean, I guess this is a Scott Demore like uh, favor. I guess. Yeah. So this is what he wanted, and I think it helps. I think it helps like uh, bridge the gap with Impact and New Japan a little bit more to have an official Bullet Club member that's going to be here full time. And we got Bay already, but what's one more? Yeah. Yeah, I, and I don't know what the status of Bay's contract. I don't know how long he's signed for, but oh, we know okay. we and and Bay been dropping a lot of L's. I'm not saying he's leaving. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying been dropping a lot of L's lately. And um, you know, him and Jay White are wrestling the Briscoes next week. I don't think they're winning, although I have not seen the spoiler on that. I just prediction. So I, I don't know what the status of Bay is in the Bullet Club or with Impact. So um, I. Uh, you know, that was my first thing is like, I, do we really need a new member? Well, you know what? We don't know what's happening with the good brothers. Their contracts are expiring soon. They could be gone. Um, and uh, Jay white, he's not going to be around uh, for a little while. He finished up with impact. He's going full-time new Japan. So um, I, I think ACE Austin could keep the bullet club brand alive here in impact. And I think now that he's done the super junior and he's exposed himself to a new audience, I think he comes back. He sticks with the X division title for a little bit, but they, they need to push him up to that main event scene. He needs to do a headlining uh, act with uh, Josh Alexander for the world title soon. Maybe I could see that. Um, I like. Yeah. I think he's come back. This is like old school, right? You you go to Japan, you come back with a lot more credibility. 
Yeah. Right. And he got over in Japan and you could tell the office in Japan really believes in him. And they really, they very, they very rarely just get like behind a, a, a Gaijin talent like this. And apparently they did an angle with Alex Zane. Right. Yeah. And the, like, I liked it. It was good. Now yeah. it looks like, I don't know if Alex is going to be more impact or more new Japan strong or new Japan proper, but I like where we're headed with this. Like, and then, gets yeah. him into the X division match too. So Yeah, so Austin Austin and Zane were like kind of a pair there in New Japan. They were all buddy buddy and uh, they they had a match with which Austin won. And Austin ends up turning on him and now Alex Zane is in the Ultimate X match. So that's pretty cool. Very cool. Yep. Um, next, so backstage, Moose is on the hunt for Sammy Callahan. Callahan was uh, ready for him, but missed an attack. This is where all the music and the eerie stuff comes in. And then a brawl ensued between the two men. Uh, but as Moose was able to bloody Callahan up, Sammy escaped, and Moose found himself locked in a room. So Sammy chicken shit and snuck out the door and locked Moose in the room by himself. And uh, Moose is all pissed about it. I, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not into the Sammy Callahan Moose feud. I'll be honest. I, I, I think it's going to be a very good match, but I'm not into the feud right now. Why are wrestlers scared of the lights being off? Like, why are they like nine? Years? Like, they're like five year olds. Like, the lights go off and they're all like they lose their mind. It's like if you play a song for them, if you play a song in an inadvertent moment, they're always and not just an impact, but this is a cross wrestling. It's such a stupid trope. Like, oh my god, I hear someone else's entrance music. I can't pay attention to what's going on. Or oh sweet Jesus, the lights are off. I don't know what to do. Like I. <laughs> It just, it, I don't understand. I, it's its a trope. I get it. It's a trope, but it's a real stupid trope that like whenever the lights go off, we have to act scared. Like, I'm sorry. WWF from 1994 has ruined people's brains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't quite get it, but like I said, the, the feud makes sense. I mean, Moose did break the guy's leg and he's back. So, um, yes, I know the WWE suit and the Undertaker came out. It's stupid. yeah yeah that's why he's saying it ruined people's brains so um you know it's not written up here in this observer breakdown that i'm reading but out of nowhere i don't do you remember matt morgan just shows up out of nowhere god yes like (laughs) oh lord another another wrestling politician and this guy (laughs) this guy that everybody i mean like is he gonna be the tn the extra original put in that's my fear right now it's like Oh, no, he's not. God. So they they like uh, they went out of their way to state that Matt Morgan was not in the match. They I said he it. is not. He is no longer an active competitor. So they will have to find somebody else. That's what they said. This was a cameo appearance. Oh, thank God, because he sucks. Like, yeah, how many? He's another one of the long list of of giant people. Whoever is that guy's gonna make money that never mm-hmm. makes any money. Like, do huge people actually draw money in wrestling, or is this just another? thing we've convinced ourselves is reality because there's a long trail of big dead bodies not real dead bodies dead career bodies that like didn't do anything right well it's because those guys get more of an opportunity than the smaller guys at least in the wwe system and then there for a little bit in tna too like he got um, so many more opportunities that he just didn't deserve because he didn't have the talent to back it up and it's because he was giant he's handsome as shit and he's very athletic right he's a football player or whatever he is um, and he kept getting opportunity after opportunity, and he never made it because he was trying to coast on his athleticism and in his look, and he never really developed the skills necessary to be a top guy, nor nor the charisma. He never had the charisma to be a top guy. And he had the stupid blueprint uh, catchphrase that he tried to use there. I don't know. I thought he was more interesting in WWE when he was doing the stutter, but that's just me. And that's how much faith they had him, too. You had this big – like Jim Cornette said, oh, I got this big guy who can make you a ton of money. But then he goes anywhere else and never makes a dime. 
Yeah. Like well, he came to TNA with Jim Cornette and he still never drew. No, because he's yeah. not good. We had, I mean, I, I'm glad it's going away where people make the assumption that the, oh man, he's big. He should wrestle. He'll do great. And nobody cares if you're big. Like Andre, it was cool 40 years ago because he was a monster, but he was actually good and compelling. Like yeah. that's true. If you watch like the stuff from before Andre was a shell of his former self, it's not. And if you watch the Princess Bride, you just see the charisma that the man had. You get why he was a star. Like the like, I don't know, man. This is I I, I saw Matt Morgan and my brain immediately went to oh dear god they're going to use Matt Morgan or something <laughs> yeah yeah so did I when it was brought up in the Brace for Impact chat that's what Matt got Morgan me afraid there. that I, Matt Morgan was there yeah dude I thought it was a joke I thought they were messing with me and I was and then I saw him he just showed up on the TV and I was like he's actually there what are they what well, you know but they were in Orlando which is kind of he's like he's, he's like yeah. the mayor of one of those bumblefuck towns in that county so um but um so. Uh, let's see a promo aired with an injured Matt Cardona. Uh, he passed on, he bestowed the digital media title or, uh, maybe they should call it the all digital media title, the all Pacific title. I don't know what we're calling it now. Um, but, uh, to, uh, Brian Myers, um, and then Myers challenged Rich Swan to a match, a slam to determine the real champion. So, uh, JD, you were out last week. So at a, at a pro wrestling revolver event, Rich Swan beat Matt Cardona for the title, but Cardona stole the title because they were, um, Cardona couldn't come to the impact tapings that were taped like a few weeks prior to that event. So Rich Swan was defending the title without the actual belt. That's how they explained it away. And um, Matt Cardona now is injured. He's not going to get to do his match with the Rich Swan at Slammiversary. So he gave the title to Brian Myers. Now Brian Myers will be facing Rich Swan. So catch everybody up to speed there. So that's what's going on there. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this title that we've said is not a real title since they introduced it. He just, he's, Rich Swan is officially the champion, but yes. now, but Cardona stole the belt. It, stole the belt, and just get, so I'm going to yeah. guess it's just to finish the angle because I'm going to guess that's the last we see of Cardona, right? And Impact. Well, he's well, so he was advertised for for all the events in July, but now he's hurt. He's out the rest of the year. He's out six months, right? So, um, and I I don't I don't think we've seen the last of him because I you know he's not going to AEW. He might go to WWE when he gets back, but I think he rehabs and then I think Impact continues to use him without a contract. Yeah, I mean that's again we've been we're a pro Cardona podcast. I really think they yeah. underutilized him the time they had him, like because he got so hot in GCW and on the Indies that. I really think they could have done. I mean, like the digital media championship isn't doing anything with someone like, I don't know, man. I think that, um, I think it sucks because he really finally figured it out and he's in the, he was in probably the best 15 month stretch of his entire career. Yeah. Right. And now he's going to be on the shelf. What did he hurt again? Where, where's the answer? His, his bicep. He hurt his bicep at a GCW show with man, um, Blake Christian. Yeah, Man, that injury bug is, is going crazy in professional wrestling right now. Yeah. Like, it's awful, but yeah, I think it's a bummer. I think it's a bummer. And I think I think Cardona should come back and challenge Rich Swan to challenge not Rich Swan should challenge Josh for the title. If Josh is still, I'm assuming Josh is still going to be the guy in this. Company. Yeah, me too. So I think yeah. that they could do something with him doing his whole sports entertainer type gimmick that here yeah. that he really we really just scratched the surface of. It's a shame. Yeah, we re- we really did just scratch the surface. We finally got heel Cardona, but then he's got he's booked so many other places. It's hard to make sure that you got dates on him, and I don't think they have priority on him. Pay him. So yeah, so they they have to they have to you know give him the money so he will make them the, his priority, right? Well, that's but as of right now they are not doing that. So he is doing NWA, GCW, Wrestling Revolver, all these other places he's going to because he's proven to be a draw on in the Indies. Yeah. 
right? Like he's proven himself to be a draw. Like he's far more interesting than a lot of people we are kind of behind in this company at the moment, you know? And he matters. Like he mat like he's legitimately sells tickets and eye pay-per-views, right? Mac Mac I, I never believe me, I never thought I'd say this, but he in his two and a half years now away two years away from WWE has finally kind of lived up to the promise that he showed in 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know about him tweeting about how he got. I don't. I don't. Sometimes I don't know when Cardona's being in character and when he's being real. Like some of the, the series of tweets he put out says, "I didn't complain. I just fixed. I just got better." I just. I don't know if he's trying to just do the parrot the W. I didn't I complain. I got better and got fired. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's things. I don't know if he's parroting the speak because that's part of the gimmick, or yeah. because he believes it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's part of the fun of Matt Cardona's. I don't know what's real and what's gimmick with the guy sometimes. Yeah. So uh, Hannafin announced that next week we'll see a Trey Miguel versus Mike Bailey. Should be awesome. Uh, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans versus uh, Grace and Mia Yim. And uh, the Briscoes versus Jay White and Chris Bay, which also should be awesome. That should rule. And that should rule. And now we get to the main event. And... This is Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett versus Frankie Kazarian and the Motor City Machine Guns. And you put these six people, and there is a 0% chance that this match would be anything other than awesome. And that's exactly what we got. Just an incredible match for the entire time. Um, the Honor No More got the, got the victory. So Honor No More. Uh, so, you know, they're back inside the ring. Saban is getting triple teamed by Honor No More, but wouldn't give up after getting hit with a Tiger Driver by Edwards and a running kick by Taven. Uh, seeing the ta- Saban wouldn't give up, Kazarian and Shelly were able to switch momentum for the Impact Originals. But Honor No More wouldn't give in either. Saban nailed Edwards with a Tornado DDT, but Taven managed to break up the pin attempt. Both teams began hitting their finishers when Saban uh, set up Edwards for the cradle shock. Uh, Bennett nailed him with a low blow. Edwards capitalized with the diehard driver for the victory while gaining huge momentum. Uh, just ten days away from Slammiversary, so we got the we got the big ten man tag match with Honor No More taking on Kazarian, the Motor City Machine Guns, and two mystery opponents. So last week, uh, Josiah and myself gave our predictions for the two mystery opponents. I predicted that it's going to be America's Most Wanted, um, a reunion there, James Storm and Chris Harris. Who who are you predicting? Are are we getting pessimist JD or optimist JD? What do we got here? I'm not sure. In a perfect <laughs> in a perfect world, you would get Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think we can get half of that. I think I think Christopher Daniels is realistic. Yeah, I I I I, I could see. So the other one was Christopher Daniels and James Storm. If Chris Harris probably can't wrestle, so what about Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe? I mean, I I don't see why not. I I it's think possible. That- yeah, it's it's possible because the relationship with AEW um seems to be. Pretty good right now. Fine, I'd say fine. Yeah, yeah. I so last week, Jack, so Jack Evans is in the Ultimate X match, right? So Jack mm-hmm. Evans has been released or not released, but contract expired with AEW. Uh, he's a free agent now. They're bringing him into Impact. Mm-hmm. He's in the Ultimate X match, and to promote Jack Evans's return to Impact, they used AEW footage on the show last week. So, mm-hmm. and then Kazarian, of course, is on the show this week as kind of a make good for the Morrissey and Peraza stuff. Uh, on AEW. So yeah, I, I don't, you know, it's the 20th anniversary. I, I don't see any reason why we couldn't have some of those guys that have a uh, rich TNA roots uh, on this 20th anniversary show that work for AEW. AMW is an interesting call, but we had James Storm. I think, he, did he come back last year? Or was it two years ago? It was two years ago. That it, he, it was, it was, he was, he was around last year when we was first started the podcast. Year? Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Um, I know we had that appearance, but I almost called him Braden Walker. I know we had that appearance by Chris Harris. Chris, Chris Harris I, appeared last week too, sir. 
Oh, did he? I missed the show last yeah. week, so yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yep. He hasn't been working a whole lot, though. He hasn't been working at all. Any at all, right? He retired <laughs> yeah. like a decade ago, right? He did, yeah. And I, you know, without without sounding mean or a little derogatory, when he was on the show last week, it didn't seem like he was ready for a match physically. If he catch my drift, so. he looked really old the last time yeah. I saw him. And Cowboy looks great still, you know. Oh yeah, Cowboy looks amazing. He yeah. could still go. Ooh, what if we get? Uh, what if we get Aldis? Right, <laughs> yeah. get Ma- I, I, Magnus back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, so I sure said EC3. I'm like, have you watched EC3 wrestle a match lately? I don't think you want to make that call. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I could see like guys like EC3 and some of the other folks with TNA Roots that are out there making cameo appearances, but actually physically in the match, I I think I'm I'm gonna go with. You know, I think I changed my official prediction. This is on the books. We're going to get it written down. James Storm, because you got to have James Storm. It's in Nashville, and it's 20th anniversary. I buy that. He's, he's had over a thousand matches at Impact. You got to have him, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I think uh, Christopher Daniels being the other guy. And then we get uh, we get Bad Influence returning. Yeah, I, I, that's what I see too. Because like they've had such a again, it's one of the most storied. It's one of the yeah, it's one of the most storied tag teams that that's never had a WWE. Run. I, I put them up with the Guns, right? Because they had a they had a great run in TNA, they had a great run in Ring of Honor. They they're the first AEW tag champs, right? Or they're part of it. Like with that three man, it was SEU, yeah, but Scorpio Sky. So that's he's all part of that's all part of the same thing. They're free yeah. basically. So yeah, I mean, like I think that makes perfect sense, right? To go with them. I again, perfect world, you get AJ back, but it's not yeah, cool. yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think that's gonna happen. I, you know what? But I it wouldn't surprise me if WWE let AJ do like a phone video recording and send it in saying congrats on 20 years and stuff like that. I think we, we could probably get something like that from AJ. Does, and does AJ Garrett. want to is the real question, right? Cause you hear AJ talk about his times at TNA sometimes not in glowing terms. Well, yeah, they, they did him dirty on the way out, but that they was really a different did. regime. And I it think is. that he's probably still pretty friendly with a uh, Scott Demore. Yeah, I can see that. And, and, and I think that it's not really about the company more. So is it about the people that have supported, you know, impact mm-hmm. and TNA for 20 years? And, and he is probably the, the guy that embodied TNA, you know, absolutely for the most part, right. It'd be him and Jeff Jarrett um, would be like the two guys. When you think of TNA, you think of AJ Styles and Jeff Jarrett. Um, some people would say Kurt Angle, but he's always more like, he's my favorite, one of my, yeah. probably my favorite wrestler of all time. And he's probably the best wrestler in, in TNA history. That's arguable. But um, I, he's, he's a WWE guy. WWE guy. Yeah. yeah. And Jarrett, it'd be, it would be nice if they could do, because Jarrett just runs live events. Yeah. Which is funny because TNA didn't run live events. You know, they didn't do really <laughs> house shows. It's really ironic. Actually, yeah. that's Jarrett's job. But I mean, it'd be really nice if, if they could let Jeff do something because like, it's still his, like, he still started the company, you know? Right. It'd be nice to have him on the, especially now that we have kind of a renaissance of Jeff Jarrett a little bit, thanks to Conrad Thompson. Like, It'd be nice if, if Jeff could come back and do something. That being said, I don't see Vince or Nick Khan letting that happen. Jesus, he's firing his own daughter lately. <laughs> yeah, that place is in such disarray. Um, so we'll, we'll go to the end here. Honor Namor decided that instead of celebrating, a further beatdown was needed, but before they could do too much damage, Heath, uh, Stone Cold Heath Austin, hit the ring with a chair and cleaned house before attempting to break Edwards' neck. Uh, the remaining members of Honor No More hit the ring, and the numbers game was too much, and they locked Heath's ankle, and they pilmanized him several times. 
Uh, and then we went off the air with Honor Moore celebrating. So that tells me uh, that the good news is uh, Heath will not be in that match. Um, God, that was my first thought when he ran out there. I was like, oh, my Lord, they're going to put Heath in the match. <laughs> yeah. And I and when you alluded to not being uh, thinking that it might the 10 man tag might be bad, I was like, I don't think I figure you're alluding to Heath being in the match. I don't think he's actually in the match. So. Uh, Lil Silver says WWE owes impact for letting Mickey James appear at the Royal Rumble. Um, I got news for you. WWE thinks they paid impact back by letting her in the Royal Rumble and mentioning <laughs> and mentioning impact. That's more than yeah. they'll ever get. And then uh, like shortly after that, they got their biggest rating of the year. So, Oh, and he also responds to that. Uh, sorry. I'm just, we're getting, we're getting chats. I'm going to read them. Uh, yeah. One day we'll learn how to put these comments on the, the screen. Well, uh, if we do were, I just don't know how if, to do it. If we were prepared, we could have. Um, <laughs> according to Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles was going to re-sign with Impact. He and y'all can look that up. But Dixie, look, so here's what I remember when this happened. I, I this, heard that on the podcast today, by the way. It, no, it, did, it did. It was on Jarrett's podcast. But I remember when this happened in 2016, AJ and the Good Brothers signed deal memos to come back to TNA. But then they got, I believe what the deal was, is they immediately kind of backtracked on the amount of money they were going to pay them. Yeah. And AJ is like, oh, we're gonna have more of this again. I'm going to WWE, and he took, and he took uh, the Good Brothers with him, and they they signed him to get AJ. And you can tell by the way, old, <laughs> old Doc and Carl were pushed. So yeah, yeah no, J- AJ was planning on coming back, but from the sounds of it, because remember AJ even talked about this too when he first when he first came to WWE it was like he was they were going. And remember, if you remember Dixie's crew, this is just before Dixie sold the company. Like this, about a year before Dixie sold the company. So. They were they put out these press releases saying, yeah, we had a deal memo with them. And they were like kind of threatening a lawsuit, but more just saying like more just putting it out there to make themselves mm-hmm. sound better than actually having anything legal. Because a deal memo isn't a contract that isn't that's a, a deal. memo was like we signed to maybe sign a contract. You know, it's not right. it's not real. Yeah, I remember about six years ago when that was all going to go down, but nothing came from it. And that was. Actually, 2016 was actually a pretty decent year in TNA. That last year, that was when we got Broken Matt and all that. That was actually in Galloway and EC3. Yeah, that was actually a good year. Couldn't think of it. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good year. Well, hey, that's going to do it for us on the free version. Um, so this tip. So if you're watching live, typically at this point, we switch over to the Patreon version. But because we're accidentally live on YouTube, those of you watching, you're just going to get the premium content for free, guys. And this <laughs> is why we're going to get fired. This is why we're getting fired because we're accidentally live. So, um, so if you want this kind of content that we're about to give you, so where we break down the news and all things going on an impact head over to patreon.com slash fight game media and join our uh, subscription service called fight game media plus it's just a five dollars a month everybody um and uh so yep five dollars a month and so uh so patreon stick around 